2: now
4: So I've been real hesitant on this channel to call what's been going on with Anna Kasparian of the Young Turks a redemption arc. I've been hesitant to say that she's moving to the right, and in fact, I criticize other people for saying so, because in reality, I don't believe that she's actually doing so. What I think is happening is that Anna Kasparian is realizing that the lot that she's thrown herself in with are actually not decent people. The people that she's associating with do not have her overall worldview, they don't have her goals, and she is still a left-wing person. In fact, over the last few years, Anna Kasparian has become more left-wing on economic issues, not less left-wing. You will hear her referencing things related to communism, Karl Marx, and all of that, And I have taken note of that in my coverage. However, Anna Kasparian recently dropped a video where she called out anti-white racism. And in this video, there's actually a portion of it where she acknowledges that she has participated in this poor behavior. And I think that is commendable. That is something worth talking about. So that's what we're going to cover today. But before we get into that, I just want to say thank you to everybody who signed up over on actualjusticewarrior.com slash join. You get early access to videos through the Secret video page. Really appreciate you.
5: Give me the money. Give you. Give me the money. Okay.
4: And those of you who are listening on Spotify, Apple's podcasting platform and Google's podcasting platform.
5: Uber has placed Bo Young Lee, its head of diversity, on leave after she moderated a couple of employee events that made the (gasps) horrifying mistake of including the perspectives of white female employees.
4: So the setup for this talk, which, by the way, is very Tucker Carlson-esque in the way that Annie Kasparian is presenting it, which she would not take as a compliment, is the head of diversity or their diversity inclusion chief over at Uber Corporate ended up being put on leave due to the fact that they had a series of diversity workshops where white women in particular were upset because of derogatory terms being hurled in their direction. Now, normally, I would be covering this video and talking about how Anna is going to throw her lot in with the mob. However, Anna Kasparian has a bit of a different take than you would expect, and thus, this is a far more interesting story. And if you're thinking about the likes to dislikes on this video, I actually checked it via my plugin. It's about 3100 to 3400 to 500. So, the Young Turks audience seems to be largely on. On board with this pivot now
5: the future of their longtime diversity equity and inclusion chief is uncertain the new york times writes that employees concerns centered on a pair of events that were billed as diving into the spectrum of the american white woman's experience and hearing from white women who work at uber with a focus on the karen persona they were intended to be an open and honest conversation about race according to the invitation Employees turned to the company Slack to complain and express that they didn't like that some of their white colleagues saw Karen as a derogatory term. But as we all know, Karen absolutely is a derogatory term are we really going to pretend like it's not?
4: So as Anna Kasparian lays out right there, they were going to do an event. It's a diversity inclusion event. They were going to ask white women how they feel about how they're treated because they're still women. However, a bunch of people who were higher on the progressive stack, the intersectional hierarchy were angry that some of these white women felt like the term Karen, which is a racial derogatory term was being used against them because it's a racial and derogatory term. And Anna Kaspar acknowledges right there that it's obviously a derogatory term. You wouldn't be hurling it at women exclusively who express bad behavior, according to the left wing, if it weren't meant to be a derogatory term.
5: Employees felt the event organizers were minimizing racism and the harm white people can inflict on people of color by focusing on how Karen is a hurtful word, according to messages and an employee who attended the events. Mm, well... It's a derogatory term. That's why it's used in a derogatory sense after someone is perceived to have engaged in bad behavior.
4: And there you have Anna Kasparian saying it right there. And it's interesting that in these Slack messages, you have all of these employees complaining about how they're not able to use this term or how white women are complaining about this term being hurled against them, even though it's a work environment. And yeah, you shouldn't be hurling these words to attack somebody based on their race In a work environment, if it were any other term for any other group of people, no matter how new, no matter how mild it was perceived to be, this would be a big issue. And you would expect the people who are giving these messages in the Slack communication saying that they want to be racist to be fired by any company. But instead, they put the head of diversity inclusion on leave due to this.
5: Now, the controversy didn't die down. Weeks later, the Karen conundrum was aired in a company wide meeting. Several weeks after the first event, a black woman asked during an Uber all-hands meeting how the company would prevent tone-deaf, offensive, and triggering conversations from becoming a part of its diversity initiatives. Lee replied, arguing that while the discussions can sometimes feel uncomfortable, they were important and necessary to have. Sometimes being pushed out of your own strategic ignorance is the right thing to do. That's what she said.
4: So at this point in time, I want to talk about the fact that Uber, the company that we're talking about, connects riders with cab drivers or delivery personnel in terms of Uber Eats, and they're not talking about anything of the sort. Instead, what they have is a black female employee angry at their Asian diversity czar for having a tone-deaf and triggering conversation for allowing white women to say that they don't want to be called derogatory terms. Again, reverse the races right here and you tell me a white woman at a company tells their diversity person who's supposed to deal with racism that they're upset because the diversity person wanted people to talk about black women in particular derogatory names hurled at them and this white woman would be fired immediately but instead she says the progressive line that you have to confront your strategic ignorance and the Asian lady is the one who is put on leave due to this so because she dared speak to a racist black woman at the company she ended up being put on leave which just goes to show you how insane these companies actually are and how much time they spend doing no business at all whatsoever
5: now as you can imagine that comment did not really do much to calm the situation down and instead sparked additional outrage and complaints to executives so lee decided to hold a second event which was intended to be a dialogue where employees could express how they felt about what they heard during the first event. But that led to even more complaints. In Slack, groups for black and Hispanic employees at Uber uh, fumed that instead of a chance to provide feedback or have a dialogue, they were instead being lectured about their response to the initial don't call me Karen event.
4: Again, it is like Anna Kasparian has made it through to the other side, To Sanity. These people are complaining about their racial entitlement to insult white women at the company. Also, and this was not taken note of by Anna Kasparian, but that's why I'm here, there's portions in this where they talk about black and Hispanic groups within Uber. Why are you forming these groups in your company? What is the point of all of this when you're supposed to be a technology company that talks about technology and is trying to make Uber finally profitable?
5: One person wrote, I felt like I was being scolded for the entirety of that meeting. Another employee took issue with the premise that the term Karen shouldn't be used. Look, I'm gonna be honest with you, in the workplace, you shouldn't be calling your co-workers Karens. It's just not a good idea. And by the way, just let that sink in for a moment. Employees were openly angry that they couldn't use a derogatory word against some of their colleagues.
4: Again, the American corporation is totally ridiculous. We have this image in our head of these hardcore businessmen innovating in a hyper-competitive world, and this is what they're spending their time with. They actually had a chief people officer and the head of the company, or one of the heads of the company, tell this woman to step back because a bunch of the racist employees who hate white women didn't feel heard enough when they were asked to gently not- Tell people about how much they hate white women and discriminate against their white female employees. It's absurd. It's insane. And compared to what is allowed to go on in these companies, the levels of racism that are permitted, it should be obvious that something is completely backwards over here. And Anna Kasparian highlights a great example of this.
5: Look, I gotta be honest. Simply treating employees equally and providing a space for some to gently push back on the Karen narrative is nothing compared to the several years people have been consuming speeches, like the one Dr. Aruna Kilanani gave at Yale in
0: 2022. In my sense, like I did the world
5: a yeah, I just want to reiterate what you heard there. The audio wasn't great, so just in case you didn't hear it. During a speech, at Yale in April of 2022, Dr. Aruna Kilinani said, and I quote, I had fantasies of unloading a revolver into the head of any white person that got in my way, burying their body and <laughs> and wiping my bloody hands as I walked away relatively guiltless with a bounce in my step, like I did the world An effing favor.
4: Again, Anna Kasparian, great stuff. She's talking about how this woman was able to give a speech on Yale about how she fantasized about killing any random white person, and she felt like she would be doing the world a favor if she committed murder. So we're in a situation where if a white person doesn't like an obviously derogatory term being hurled at her during the time that she's at work. That is considered unacceptable, and you have to put people who hear those complaints and try to address them on leave at your job, but also at our highest institutions, racists can talk about how they fantasize about killing people of one race and how much they would enjoy it, and that's to be praised, that's to be cheered, that's to be supported, that's stunning and brave. It's absolute objective insanity, and I give Anna Kasparian credit for not only calling out this extreme example, but for talking about how the whole equity industry is is designed to rake in the cash.
5: And it should come to no surprise that DEI trainings like this have led to lawsuits because they include, you know, discrimination. In 2020, at least half a dozen people who had been employed by the New York City Department of Education filed lawsuits or won settlements in cases relating to mandatory DEI trainings.
4: So Anna a 100% right here. These trainings are obviously racist in tone. They're obviously discriminatory, and they open you up for legal liability if you allow these race hustlers to come in in order to profit off of dividing people in your company.
5: Take Syra Rao and Regina Jackson as just one example. They were run a business called Race to Dinner. And wealthy white women across the country pay them handsomely to come to their dinner parties to bash the host and her white friends as racists. They do this without knowing anything about the dinner guests, without ever having interacted with them. All they know about these individuals is the color of their skin, and automatically they assume these white women have anti-black prejudice in their hearts. How much do they charge? Well, if you ask me a lot- Each dinner party initially cost $2,500 total, but the rate increased to $5,000 in 2020. Gee, I wonder why. The funds cover a two-hour dinner, which includes support from Race to Dinner's business developer, planning, travel for Jackson and Rao, and when applicable, a post-event consultation. The cost of food was not included. In the original dinner party fee. Now,
4: Anna Kasparian highlights Race to Dinner, which is one of the stupidest, most insane programs. As she said, wealthy white women are supposed to pay some of the worst racist race hustlers online to come to their house and complain for two hours about the fact that white people are paying them to have dinner with them because they're evil white racists, evil white racism. Oh my God, we got to do something about the evil white racists. She points out that it's absurd. And of course, they doubled their fee after the death of George Floyd, really trying to profit off of that. And it's just insanity going on in our nation. And Anna Kasparian calls it out in a way that I find incredibly respectable.
5: Their words, as void of evidence as they may be, are treated as fact. But don't worry, they also think immigrants to America are automatically anti-black racist as
0: well. Syrah will generally say that she is anti-black and everybody will pivot towards me. And I go, well, and black people know it. The gig is up. We know that you, every person who comes to this country as an immigrant believes themselves to be better than us. Based on what?
5: what evidence is there that immigrants come into the country and automatically see themselves as higher up the food chain or the hierarchy than black people? There's no evidence of that. Anna,
4: do me a favor. Go to your Twitter account right now, twitter.com slash Anna and unblock me on Twitter. I will follow you unironically, and I will no longer quote tweet your nonsense, which is what you blocked before, because I feel like you're channeling my spirit. I feel like I've been doing this for years, and that re-
2: Order now.
1: fighterflare.com.
4: flare.com the action actually legitimately made me laugh this based on what what the hell are you talking about damn anna respect all the way around but again all of this would be fine on its own it would be a decent segment but it really needs anna kasparian to acknowledge what she's done in the past and believe me i promised it earlier in the video and the promise of the premise will be met just hold on to your hats hey guys editing sean here so after i shot this obviously but before i edited it i actually tweeted something out to the effect of respect for anna kasparian whole paragraph you can read it if If you want link is in the description and then i said by the way someone tell her to unblock me so we can be friends again or friends for the first time and uh she actually did unblock me which is nice i appreciated it so thanks people who told her from my twitter
5: and if the main problem is systemic racism why are we all engaging in this toxic witch hunt Sussing out people we perceive to be problematic does nothing to address racism in our criminal justice system. It does nothing to improve educational curriculum in our schools, and it fails to ensure that people of color have equal opportunities to wealthier white people. We've been conditioned to think that generalizations about entire groups of people is somehow okay, as if it doesn't contradict the fight against racism.
4: So right there, Anna Kasparian, in case you guys are unaware, is making the left-wing case against anti-white racism. She's talking about how, if it's really about systemic issues, why are we villainizing random people? She doesn't like that. She doesn't like the witch hunt mentality. But she's still hanging on to her left-wing positions. And I just want to take note of that because the common attack from people on the left is that she's moving to the right which is not the case and the common thing that a lot of people on the right are doing who actually aren't that intelligent related to political issues, are saying that Anna Kasparian is moving to the right. I think Anna Kasparian is realizing that she's made some faults, but she still has a left-wing worldview. And we need to get past this idea that if somebody agrees with you on something, that means they're on your team and agree with you on anything. That tribal mentality of politics is really dumb, and it doesn't really progress the conversation. If Anna Kasparian is going to remain left-wing, but also not be in favor of this obvious racist divisive language. I'm totally fine with that. I don't need her to agree with me on all of my positions or anything like that. I would prefer for her to stick to what she believes in and actually live up to her own standards which appears to be what she's trying to do in this moment. She's saying, hey, I'm not in favor of this racism. The reason I started talking about these issues is because I believed I was fighting against racism and I realized over time I was actually pushing an anti-white racist narrative. And I do think part of this has to do with the fact that Anna Kasparian was victimized by a homeless criminal. She's told that story before. I won't get into the details. You can look for the clips yourself. And she was labeled a Karen and a white privileged woman for being upset about being assaulted by two two homeless men as she walked her dog.
5: We've taken the bait in this extremely successful divide and conquer strategy. And to be honest, I've been struck by how effortlessly callous the online discourse has become. Any out of context viral video that features a conflict with a white woman is automatically considered evidence of a racist act, even before we have all the details. The latest example involved a pregnant hospital worker named Sarah Com- Comrie in New York. She was captured on video during an argument she had with a black man over a city bike in Manhattan. The man claimed that he paid for the bike rental, but Comrie disagreed.
4: So a lot of people told me that Anna Kasparian was calling out Rayshad Ritchie, and she didn't do so by name. But what she did is call out what his headlines were, what was posted by John Iderola and Emma Viglin on the Damage Report, and other hosts on her network and in left-wing media, for the lies that they were putting forward.
5: The dominant online narrative was that this racist pregnant woman tried to steal a bike from a black man and then made herself out to be a victim with her white tears. Her attorney later provided receipts claiming that she in fact paid for the bike. But it felt like no one thought it might be a good idea to just wait and see what the truth was before attacking her.
4: And she's right. It is insane that people jump to smearing a pregnant hospital worker rather than waiting for any additional information based on a video where young men were swearing at her, saying rude things to her, physically assaulting her, by the way, while she was trying to get a rentable city bike six months pregnant at the end of her hospital shift. Now I've gone over how the receipts provide By the boy's sister, actually proved that Sarah Comrie told the truth, along with her unredacted receipts, that she actually did rent the bike while he was not in possession of it. He let it go at 7.19, she rented it at 724. He pushed her back into the dock, which is what you can see on video, then put it under his own account at 725, only to dock it again at the same place without riding it at 731 only to then ride it at 7.59, dollars which is an obvious instance of somebody trying to hold a bike that they're not paying for and thinking they're entitled to block off anyone, and that entitlement included the divine right to assault a pregnant woman in order to secure the bike. But I give Anna Kasparian credit for calling out people who didn't even want to wait and see what was going to come out related to the story and just asserted defamatory claims about this woman.
5: Her employer at Bellevue Hospital was immediately contacted. She was placed on leave pending an investigation. Now her attorney is looking to potentially sue media outlets that propagated false allegations about his client. But we still don't know the full story. And it's better to wait and see how this develops before people try to destroy a stranger's life and livelihood. So, do we feel better about racism in America today? It certainly feels like we're becoming more divided. We're definitely more obsessed with whipping out our phones to surveil one another because god forbid we fail to capture one of our peers in their worst moments
4: now we do know the full story i gave you the rundown i've done multiple videos but at the time that anna kasparian recorded this video it might be true that she didn't know the full story so we do know it now i just broke it down for you but again i give anna kasparian credit because the wait and see method makes sense i mean i get criticized on my channel for reporting on stories late But one of the reasons why I wait on stories is for the information to be accurate before I cover it. And when I make a mistake, I usually announce my mistake clearly and obviously in the beginning of the video or when I make an assumption or anything like that. So you guys can know that I'm trying to tell the truth to you.
5: Simply put, I absolutely loathe this crap. And I can't pretend like I'm above it because I engaged in a lot of it myself. And I have deep regrets about that.
4: And there you have it. Anna Kasparian acknowledges that she puts out these false care narratives, that she's done it before, and she expresses regret for her own actions. I really actually appreciate her doing this portion of it. And again, Anna, perfectly fine with you being on the left. I don't care. If you notice, I don't make a lot of videos just saying this person holds left-wing positions. What always bothered me is the fact that, that you guys were pushing dishonest and hypocritical narratives. And I'm very glad that you're acknowledging that you were producing these hypocritical narratives. And Anna has done other corrections. She did a Rebecca Jones story correction. The woman that accused Ron DeSantis of hiding deaths and all that recently too. So I give her credit for that. And I'm actually finally really appreciating the arc of Anna Kasparian that's going on right now. I don't think she's going to be a right winger, a red pill person or anything like that. But a more sensible left-winger as she gets older, I would appreciate a hell of a lot more than the nonsense that we've been seeing over the past couple of years.
5: Karen hunting is a destructive symptom of the powerlessness people feel as they're more atomized and alienated from those around them. It's the abscess that forms from the lack of an organized movement that values the humanity of individuals while fighting institutions that propagate inequality. It's what happens when society fails to understand the critical nature of solidarity in fighting systems of oppression. The Karen narrative flattens an entire category of people, white women, as malignant members of society whose toxicity lay dormant until they're in the presence of people of color. So
4: again, we have a lot of left-wing rhetoric about solidarity and all that, and the reason I'm leaving that in there is so that people know that Anna Kasparin is not making a dramatic turn to the right. It's not happening. She's just pointing out that there are big hypocritical elements on the left-wing that don't even align with her left-wing ideology.
5: But back to DEI trainings, is there any evidence that they even work? Well, over the years, social scientists who have conducted careful reviews of the evidence base for diversity training have frequently come to discouraging conclusions. Though diversity training workshops have been around in one form or another since at least the 1960s, few of them are ever subjected to rigorous evaluation, and those that are mostly appear to have little or no positive long-term effects.
4: So, Annikasparian points out that these diversity and equity classes that are being taught and mandated by corporations never actually have ever proven to reduce any racism at all whatsoever in fact A lot of the times, this hyper-focus on demonizing people and making them aware of race, demonizing white people in particular, end up making more division in the workplace, end up creating more problems down the line. So you're actually creating an environment that you're more likely to have racial tension in rather than less, which should be obvious.
5: In fact, there are unfortunately even some studies that indicate these trainings could be causing more harm than good. I mean, certainly if you're being told by your colleagues that you're automatically a bad person and you're very likely racist because of the color of your skin, going to cause some hostility in the workplace, no?
4: And just as I said it, you see Anna Kasparian making the very same case. And again, credit where credit is due to Anna Kasparian. And then she suggests something that sounds incredibly reasonable. And unfortunately, I'm going to explain why that won't work in our modern society.
5: Now, in the case of DEI, Dr. Uh, Dobbin and Dr. Kalev Warn that diversity training that is mandatory or that threatens dominant group's sense of belonging or makes them feel blamed may elicit negative backlash or exacerbate biases. Yeah, I mean, no surprise there. So if employers insist on DEI trainings, they shouldn't shun discussions that are actually inclusive. But personally, I'd rather encourage employees to go out and grab a drink together after work. They should bond and get to know each other without a third-party mediator making money off of their interactions. While well,
4: I appreciate Anna Kasparian's spirit right there and her saying that you should go out and have a drink with your fellow co-workers, unfortunately, companies due to HR implications actually would discourage this kind of natural social interactions with coworkers. So... It is a good solution. It definitely would work. But our modern society is actually against this kind of natural interaction. Now, Anna closes with some thoughts about how these curriculums should actually be inclusive. Hey, guys, Editing Sean here. Now that I have your attention, I just want to say that I know a lot of you are going to be harsh on Anna Kasparian in the comments. You're going to bring up this or that thing that she said or did wrong in the past. But believe me, I know. Believe me. I am aware of this. I have essentially built a huge portion of my audience and my channel based on the fact that I do responses to the Young Turks, and in reality, TYT's bad coverage of criminal justice-related issues, very notably them specifically, is one of the reasons why this channel exists in the first place. So, because I kind of exist on the platform that you are viewing and or listening to me on based on the things that they did poorly before i kind of think you should grant them a little bit of grace because had anna been doing the right things before i might not be here talking to you and we might not have this whole interaction or anything like that so we kind of owe a little bit to their bad coverage in the past. So maybe you could factor that in just a little bit and grant her some of the grace that you're angry at her for never granting your side before. If you want somebody to change, you actually have to have a reward system that's out there for change. So I'm always willing to welcome any person from any side that comes in any direction towards good faith, towards my position, whether or not they fully come to my position or not is irrelevant to me but just shifting to a more good faith mindset or attempting to be in a more good faith mindset is notable it is respectable and again if not for the bad anna coverage this channel wouldn't be here so take it from a guy who rants into a camera professionally in part because he was so annoyed by the things being said by anna kasparian in particular it's all right relax Give her a little bit of break. Give her room to grow. Grant her some grace. Show her that you are a respectable person. If you are. If you're a scumbag, you don't have to. It's totally fine. And remember... I will suffer the most from the Young Turks having good takes, because that's one person fewer for me to respond to. But I want to know what you guys think about Anna Kasparian's apparent redemption arc. Let me know down in the comments below. If you like the video, shown by leaving a like, subscribe for more content, follow me on all my social medias, support me via the support links in the description of this video. This has been me talking about Anna Kasparian, making a lot of sense, and apologizing. Till next time.
1: Order now